Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. The games count now. The 2019-2020 regular season is here. We're making predictions and asking questions after the Magic's 3-3 preseason. Let's go. All right, we're using new uh, audio recording software, so hopefully uh, GarageBand doesn't fail us as uh, we had to put uh, Audacity to the side because apparently when you update your Mac uh, with uh, new software, then it doesn't coincide well with Audacity, so hopefully uh, GarageBand doesn't fail us. But Magic went 3-3 in preseason. Uh, We're going to ask a lot of questions because you haven't heard us since before the FIBA World Cup, so... Uh, we have a lot of catching up to do, and I'm going to go as quickly as possible, which tends to be a good thing for us when I go quick, <laughs> but we'll see. I may or may not crash and burn, but anyway, so two weeks before training camp even began, the Magic extended, uh, well, they picked up the options on Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and Markel Fultz. Uh, you can chime in if you thought going in, if, if it was a no-brainer to say, hey, we're picking up the $12 million option on Markel Fultz, even though we don't even know if his shoulder works or not. What do you think, Benny? Uh, I mean, I think once you made the trade for him, you're obligated to extend that, uh, the you know, pick up the option year because you're trying to give him the confidence to come back from not only a physical injury, but also uh, a whatever, one. a mental yeah. block that we he can has to work through. We can say it. Fuck yeah. it. I'm not yeah. afraid to say it. It could yeah. be just as much mental as it is physical. Right. So, or just coincide. I mean, I'm not yeah. a doctor. I don't know anything about thoracic outlet syndrome, but... Um, clearly, so far, confidence is working out, as we'll, as we'll talk about it a little bit. But, I mean, $12 million, it's a ton of money to pick up, but the Magic weren't going to be players in the 2020 free agency anyway. They're basically hard-capped almost and just right. trying to avoid the luxury tax. No, no real impact on team construction. Yeah, if the Magic are going to look to to be players in free agency, that's not going to be till 2021 when much bigger names are available than what will be available in 2020. Right. So, um, the other thing I want to mention is Sham Serrano was the very first to uh, report that the Magic were redshirting their number 16 overall pick, Chumo Kiki, which put the Magic at officially 12 players for their roster, not counting camp invites or any two-way guys, which, as we'll get to in a bit, that hasn't changed. Right. So, um, alright, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about or the uh, the new uh, basketball courts as well as the uh, the new jerseys or at least the blue statement jerseys that came out. I don't like them. I don't care for them. The uh, the yeah, whole fake block, the like pinstripes on the side. Right. Yeah, I'm not right. a fan. We you, we're we're purists, right? So I think the classic original '89 '90 black and white pinstripes are right at the top. Then you throw in the little mid '90 electric blue pinstripe, and they're right there. At you know, the same level in the Pantheon, and any time that you fuck with the pinstripe or remove a stripe, eh. you're asking for trouble if you don't get it right, yeah. basically. Yeah. And they did not get it right. Um, there's been sneak peeks of the orange court that we're gonna have. We're gonna have four courts already, and then we're gonna have another one, the orange court, right. or I think it's three courts, three and then courts the fourth the one with the orange court. But um, 
that big ORL thing that Terrence Ross showed briefly in his Instagram when he leaked it. That's what we were worrying about. Yeah, and it, it doesn't look good. Like, the yeah. whole thing doesn't look good, and I'm worried, and now I'm going to be worried about these orange jerseys. And I don't, you know, we, we'll, we'll critique them more when they actually come out and get unveiled, but I'm not liking what Nike's been doing for us lately. And people were complaining about Adidas, but Nike's not getting it done right now for us. So. I don't. They haven't been getting it done for a lot of team jerseys too, and they can't get the Lakers colors right. It's been a mess. No, a little bit, I mean yeah. most of. I mean most of the throwback stuff that we've seen from other teams have been pretty decent. Like the Sixers, I can think of, have come up with a few. Portland's red one is yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, I love that that's one. True. Um, but. As far as New Jersey concepts, not so much. Maybe like the Clippers, but because the Clippers already had terrible jerseys to begin with, it's not much of an upgrade. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get away from that. We, we want to focus more on the actual team anyway. So um, training camp happened. It, you know, media day happened the uh, the last day of September. First, game of tra- first uh, day of training camp happened on October 1st. Steve Clifford wasn't happy. He thought we were conveying uh, some complacency maybe a little bit there. So... I think I don't. I, most of the media guys thought that, and some of the players were saying that overall the practice and stuff weren't doing too bad. I think Clifford's just trying to say, just just, just trying to stay on him a little bit. I think he's using a bit more right. of a coaching Coach tactic speak. there. Yeah. But um, you know that first preseason game, the Magic played the Spurs on the fifth. Markel Fultz debuted, uh, and I mean he he played all six preseason games, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. But basically, all you need to know is the Magic won their first three preseason games. And then the last three didn't go so well. They won all three on the road, and then the last three at home, they went bad. So I feel bad for people that actually paid money to see those games here in Orlando. I will say on a general note, in spite of the fact that they lost their last three preseason games, no major injuries, a couple of uh, bruised sternums, a couple of fake ankle sprains and back spasms. Yeah, I was going to say, Fournier's back spasms might be the most worrying thing potentially, but... Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried from from that perspective yeah. overall. I think we we did okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. So along with so here's the thing with the red shirt with Okiki. I'm gonna go back to that real quick. Are, are you surprised that because I don't think this this agreement didn't seem to be in place to begin with because we when we drafted Okiki, Okiki was very surprised that the Magic picked him to begin with. Yeah. So. I don't know if they were just talking to the agent, and then they kind of figured out, hey, we, we're going to redshirt you, but when you do sign in a year, you're going to make over a million dollars more. You know, you, and so it's going to be interesting to see. He can still hang around the team. He's like he's in Orlando, and he's going to hang out with the Lakeland Magic mostly, and he may be able to see some action with Lakeland, depending on how quickly he heals. Right. But, um, it's a red shirt year. It's just it's fascinating. To me, it doesn't. I mean, you talk about the fact that next year he'll make a million dollars more than he would have if he signed this now, year, yeah. right? But but also, I mean, it gives him time to rehab without feeling the pressure to you know be an NBA yeah. player and a yeah. first round draft pick and come back. But otherwise, the agreement really doesn't benefit the player or the agent. At I don't all. think so. It's like there's a lot of trust there. They're doing the team a favor, and hopefully, uh, I guess the team has earned that favor by showing their patience with Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba in their rookie seasons and dealing with injuries, I guess, right? I guess. it's. I'm... For Chuma's sake, I actually hope we're like secretly feeding him money under the table, and I'd be actually more than happy and fine with that. Because <laughs> I, I it just doesn't make sense. Because, I mean... 
obviously it makes sense for the Magic because they're trying to stay under the luxury tax, and we'll talk about it now. But they have 13 players right now. They have to have 14 right on the for the roster, not counting the two two way guys that we have. Yeah, and uh, Emil Jefferson and uh, and Josh Majette. But by according to Bobby Marks, by doing this, the Magic are basically 3.8 million below the luxury tax. So. I don't know what you can sign for $3.8 million. I don't think you can afford a Jamal Crawford. <laughs> and you definitely can't afford a Carmelo Anthony, probably. But I've been surprised before. I don't know. There's some desperation there, maybe. Well, I mean, they're but, still out there. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm personally thinking about Timothy Luau because he's somebody I've wanted since he was available in the in the draft. Um, he hasn't panned out. But, I mean, clearly, and we'll get to it when we talk about the roster, but the Magic need another guard or at least another wing. Right. And... A guy like Uluwawu, if if you'd like a guy who can shoot, but if you can't get one like that, then you want a guy who can at least defend, and he's a he's a good athlete. Well, so. you talk about Fournier having back spasms, and we don't think they're serious, but that the shooting guard position, more specifically, a shooting guard who can actually shoot the ball, seems to be the way to go for that 14th roster spot. Yeah, I mean, and we thought that. 14, the 14th roster spot might go to Daquan Jeffries, and he actually didn't score in six right. and five preseason games, even though he only got right. like five he, and a half minutes per game. He averaged. He I was think. no Daquan Jones in the preseason. No, is what you're saying. no, yeah. no. Uh, but yeah. Daquan Jeffries, he was like 0 for seven in this preseason, and he, well, first on October 6th, the Magic got rid of uh, Hassani Grav- Gravette, who's going to probably sign with the Lakeland Magic, I think, depending on, I think it was an Exhibit, exhibit 10 contract. I could be wrong, but they uh, they then quickly signed John Davis, who today we're recording this on a Saturday. So John Davis, Isaac Humphreys, Daquan Jeffries, BJ Johnson, and Vic Law all got waived today. All of them, we're assuming, are going to be with the Lakeland Magic. Right. And... For some of those guys, depending on their contracts, some of them got $50,000 just to be at Magic Training Camp. So not a bad deal in that regard. Yeah, but, yeah. And some of them actually got minutes. Some of them not really. But I don't want to talk about them. We're going to focus specifically on the 13 guys. So I'm going to go in order based off of depth chart from center all the way down to power to a point guard. So we're going to start off with our all-star. Okay. Nikola Vucevic, who played four preseason games, um, the two games he missed were the ones where the Magic got obliterated by Boston and Philly. So, um, I got my question here for you. So, do you yeah. think Vucevic is? Do you think all, Vucevic will be an All Star again this upcoming season, Penny? Uh, I I do not, and I don't think that his numbers will dip all that much. But I think it's a simple fact that uh, he's not an exciting name, right? And uh, if the Magic are in contention, which we expect them to be, specifically because they have stuck with continuity, you hope they get off to a good start and have a good first half of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the Magic are a one all-star bid team, and I think that that might end up going to an Aaron Gordon or a Jonathan Isaac, but probably I think Aaron Gordon is the only potential all-star yeah. on the roster. So we'll we'll save our, team, st- our team thoughts for okay. later, our predictions for later, right. but... Look, Vooch averaged 20.8 points per game last year. He had something. He, it was like 3.8 assists per game, 3.6 assists per game. And then he shot like 35, 36% from three-point range. The 12 rebounds, I think those might actually go up this season. We, I'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I expect the points to definitely drop. I think it'll he'll dip down to like 18, 19. But 
if his efficiency numbers go up a bit, and if he can average more than four assists per game, which I really think he can if people can actually knock down some damn shots this year. That's true. I think I think he's got a shot, but I don't think he's going to get it just because the national media is still very uh, sour on his uh, playoff performance against the Raptors. Also even though point. regular season exhibition type crap shouldn't have an impact uh, on what was done in the playoffs, right. but... It's just that thought in the back of people's minds. They're like, okay, we gave him his all-star thing. Maybe we'll give it to somebody else. I I think that's the sentiment that I agree with, yeah. uh, Basically, the other thing is he doesn't need to be an all-star for this Magic team to improve or to be better this season. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, Mo Bamba. Uh, This preseason, he was actually the Magic's second-highest preseason scorer at 11.2 points per game. He played all six preseason games. He made nine of 18 threes, so that was about 50%. So my question to you, Penny, is are you more concerned about Mo's defense than his offense? Because against that, in that last preseason game against the Heat, he looked like ass defending <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. Let's be frank. He looked god-awful. Uh, yeah. I mean, offensively, you're not going to get... I don't think you're going to get a lot of post-ups for Mo Bamba, right? No, I mean, so he's, I, he's shooting he's, threes You're going to get a pick-and-pop for three or space the floor three, so he'll either hit it or he won't. And then, presumably, you're going to pair him with Mar- Markel Fultz and get some easy lobs and duck and stuff. So offensively, I don't think there's any concern. And defensively, that's the concern because that's where Kim Burge stepped in last year and provided a much more positive impact on the team, right? I, I will say that... That Mo's chemistry with uh, with Markel Fultz was actually pretty good uh, from an offensive perspective. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I I I just I I wish his his defense was much more consistent because it's kind of like what it was when we last saw him back in January uh, early this season or so early this year. You're saying that charting the plays with. Uh... The assistant coaches didn't have any impact on the defensive basketball IQ so far that you've seen. No, I guess uh, Mike Baptiste couldn't yeah. help him out on that too much. But um, I, that's going to lead my other question now. Okay. So um, will Kem Birch claim the backup center spot by mid-November? No. You, so you think no. Mo's gonna no. gonna keep it together? No. I, I don't even know if "keep it together" is the right turn of phrase. He's, okay, he's gonna claim and reclaim and always claim the backup spot solely based on the fact that he was a early lottery First round pick. pick. Yeah, yeah. And and Clifford has said as much. He basically said, "Let well, Ken Birch knows the deal, but the only difference this year is that I'm gonna try and play him a little, play him a little bit more." So that just means he's gonna get early garbage time instead of mm. no time at all, right? Hey, Ken Birch was one of three on threes. He hit a three. He didn't hit a three in FIBA, but he hit one here. So, I, you know, I'm a Kem guy. and You are a Kem guy. I, oh, man. I, I want Mo to get it together. I do, but, and I know it's it's preseason, but that Kelly Olynyk that was Kelly Olynyk's first game since he had to bow out for Team Canada because he slipped and fell. <laughs> And so I, I'm just very concerned that Mo is, isn't going to get it together to where he's going to become a liability. It, and I'm not going to say he's going to become like a Jonathan Simmons or Jaron Grant level of liability, but you know we talk about how people don't like Vucevic's defense or lack of defense, but Vuce doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give up the type of stuff that Mo does when it comes to... Olenek was basically blowing him around a couple times. Right. So I'm a little concerned, and Mo bulked up. Like, you can see it. He bulked up 20, 30 pounds, whatever. 
not enough in his base maybe but uh I, i'm just I'm a, I'm a little concerned with mo and we'll see i i hope he proves me wrong i don't want this to be a situation where it's like andrew nicholson where andrew nicholson high basketball iq but he couldn't really apply it on the basketball court both ways i i will th- well first of all mo bamba much more physically much more, gifted yeah, than andrew much, nicholson overall probably more talented overall we, but I, andrew has a lot of great offensive yeah, weapons i do think we we hope that the cerebral mind turns into the cerebral basketball mind and and that comes hopefully with experience on the floor because we're, we're going to get to this point where you know coaches are saying the right things or Mo's saying the right things but at the end of it all if mo isn't performing yeah, then, it's about production and yeah. so and this is a team that they they're not going to be satisfied with just sneaking into the playoffs as an eighth or seventh seed like right. they're looking a little bit higher they're not saying that to the public or to the media but they're looking higher so yeah that's it for my for my big men um well meal jefferson real quick and done yeah again you and i were both surprised that the magic brought him back as as the two-way guy and And, surprised that he took the two-way contract a little bit right i mean but i didn't see much growth from him in preseason and i'm gonna leave it at that so all right aaron gordon uh in preseason he 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 got off to a good start in those three wins basically um, but his percentages dropped off. He's de- he, w- he ended up with like 9.8 points per game on 36% shooting and 21.7% shooting from three. Um, all right, and those great spurts of his that he did have, have you seen enough to think he'll be one of our top two players this season? And that's, I guess, thinking if you thought Aaron Gordon was a top two player last season because yeah. most people would say that it was Vucevic and Terrence Ross that were our top two guys last season. I th- well, for sure, let's say f- for last season, Vucevic was the top guy Number and Terrence one. Ross was the second guy. But I think if you're looking at the construction of the team as it currently stands and the way that Coach Clifford plays the you know the minutes and mm-hmm. distributes the shots and everything, the top two players on the team are Vucevic and Fournier. And we, you don't want to admit it, but that's the way it is. So does Aaron Gordon take a leap and displace Fournier? Obviously, he's a better defender. He's more athletic. But has his offensive game uh, grown, do you think? I thought so from an individual perspective. Like, in those Spurs and uh, Pistons preseason games, he was doing some stuff that I hadn't seen before. Like, he's got a couple moves that get him to the rim now, where before a decent enough defender could stall him a bit and he'd have to kick out. But he was actually able to get to the rim at a decent, at a decent rate. And I think... Look, last season, people forget, he got off to a really good shooting start last season. I'm not expecting that high of a level of it. I think he was shooting like 50 or 60% from three. Like right. That's not happening. Right. But I think, it, again, it's an efficiency thing with him where I th- I believe that he's overall, his, his scoring is actually going to go up this season. Last year, last season, his scoring went down from the season prior. But assists went up. But assists went up. I think he can actually raise his assists a tiny bit more, while at the same time, his scoring, he, he very well could lead the team in scoring. This will lead to my Twitter question, though. So, at uh, JazzoBest has a question. Do you believe Aaron Gordon will ever be an, an all-star for the Magic? So, not necessarily just this season will he ever be an all-star, but... I would say that if there's a, ever a chance that he is, this, is, this probably is the season to do it. Yeah, I think this is the opportunity, right? Because, uh, and we'll get 
we'll talk about where the magic stand in the Eastern Conference later in the episode and yeah. everything, but the conference is on flat, flat this year. So if the team is top four, top five, which we expect them to be at least in the first half when mm-hmm. they're doing the all-star selections, yeah. to me, he's the primary candidate for the team this year. And to answer the question, uh, yeah, but the, the caveat is that will he ever be an all-star? I think yes. Will he ever be an all-star for the magic if they don't trade him? Mm, I I, th- I think that both uh, Weltman and Hammond have have been have made the decision that Aaron Gordon is is legitimately a great great player for this team, and he put in a lot extra work. I think he's got like a twelve pack now, so physically he's like a ridiculous athletic beast now. But from and more intimidating with all the tattoos too. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the of the added uh, leg quad tattoos. Not not a fan of, of that. I'm, I mean, I'm not a tattoo guy in general, so whatever. I'm just see me as a lame ass or something. But um, I think Aaron is going to be an all star this season. I think Vooch is going to lose it, lose his his vote, and it's going to go to Ag. And I I can see Aaron averaging 20 points per game this season. I, I can see it and. Depending on where the Magic are in the standings, that's going to be more than good enough to get an all-star spot because there's a couple people that have departed the East. And, I mean, look, even like D'Angelo Russell was named as an, as an all-star. And he, was like a, he was like a backup for, for people that couldn't play. So right. there's openings there. there. There's openings. And also I think there's going to be some hype with him potentially being in the dunk contest with Zach Levine in Chicago. And... I, it'd be nice if he gets a little bit more fan hype respect for that. So yeah. we'll see. Um, well, let's talk about the dunk contest because I didn't have that in my in, in my notes or to begin with. But is this a smart idea to take on Zach Levine in Chicago as, with Zach Levine as a bull? Because I that's a very risky thing, I I believe. Because you're already going to be going up against judges that might be biased towards Zach Levine anyway. I don't know. Um, I think if you're signing up to do it more than a year in advance, you have a couple tricks in the bag that you, uh, you know, you're, you feel confident enough to go up against anybody, right? Yeah, and I mean, look, Aaron's just turned 24, and so, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now. Don't wait. Although, there is, it'd be crazy if like a 40-year-old Vince Carter showed up, or 42-year-old Vince Carter showed up, but anyway um all right let's go to uh to other forwards now so al Farouk Aminu, he averaged 20 and a half minutes per game all off the bench this preseason eight points per game on 46 percent field goal percentage shooting he had five of 14 threes which translates to the 35.7 uh, percentage so did his play in the preseason most mimic what we'll probably see in the regular season? Maybe more than any player potentially. Yeah, that's, that's the one that like, we, like what Aaron Afro, Aaron Aflalo is like a professional workman player, mm-hmm. and I feel like Al Farouk Amino is like a professional workman play. Like you know what you're gonna get, and that's what you what you see is what you get, and what you saw is what you're gonna get for the year. And let's say this: he shot thirty five point seven percent from three in the preseason. If he shoots that for the entirety of the year, are you happy with that number? Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and look, he was signed with the mid-level exception to be basically our our, our buffer for if, if one of Aaron, Isaac gets hurt. And it's going to be tough to keep him off the floor if he's, if he's showing what he was showing. Because it's kind of weird. Al Farouk Amino is kind of one of those guys where 
he just does everything smoothly. Like there's no like he doesn't like right. He, it doesn't look like he's overexerting himself, but like he makes all these great just plays defensively and even on the break, like he looks pretty comfortable on the break offensively and you could see some of the turnovers that he gets. It's all a chemistry thing. Like that's going to come, but he seems to have a pretty high basketball like you and his vision was pretty great as far as some of the passes that he was trying to make even though it didn't work out like he he sees the floor really well so i think it's it's going to work out pretty well i mean especially if he's hitting his threes or his looks i think we're in for a pretty good spot there so um all right let's go let's do jonathan isaac now so can we get some uh, all defensive team buzz going for him uh, because i think the uh the highlight reels already especially when we were watching that spurs game um they're up there where i mean isaac on several occasions this preseason has made plays by himself by guarding like three or four guys in the same play yeah well not only like the rotations and the help but i think his on ball defense that's where you're going to get the highlight reels where it's like a strip and a score or a hand in a passing lane and then a one-man fast break. And uh, I think those are the plays that, because they lead directly to offense, are the ones that get the casual fan excited and make, you know, really notice a defensive uh, um, impact. Yeah. But the coaches notice the multiple efforts on one possession and you god the length like what do you just what do you do against that length speaking of length uh so when the magic have were finally released the official heights of everyone or just official measurements of everyone will jonathan isaac officially be listed at at least seven feet tall if we count the hair probably uh, even with the hair i think he's like seven three <laughs> like i'm so I, I think he's taller than mo bamba who is a seven footer yeah. as of last season and isaac it was listed at 6'10". I don't think he's going to be... He has to be 7 foot. 6'11 and a half. 6'11 and 7'8". Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Um, you know, you can comment on this if you want. Um, but am I going to be more concerned with stories about some of his social media posts than necessarily his encore production? Because there's some things on Twitter and, there's, and some people have caught on on it where... He, uh, there's some controversy, be it both not just like the religious type stuff, but actual like political type stuff where he's getting some pushback from it. And are, are we witnessing maybe a Dwight Howard 2.0 where he's not going to be out there saying change the logo to a cross, to change the NBA logo to a cross? But, um, I, I, I hope he doesn't get sucked into that because even like his rookie year, like. He told like the whole team to go see him and right. uh, uh, you know he, he to give like a sermon or whatnot and like I think one person showed up allegedly and that didn't work out but here we are now in like his third se- season now it seems like everybody likes him now and I mean he's, hopefully the team he's, chemistry he's, is better he's yeah. in the spot to do what basically Pascal Siakam did last season for the Raptors and make that type of leap and so I I, I just hope that look whatever beliefs he has. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But just, just be careful because in the world of social media, as it as we go through each and every year, it gets worse and worse with some of the toxicity as far as feedback, as far as news that comes out of it, and just how nosy people get with certain things. Yeah. I just want them to be careful. Let's just put it that way. All right. That's fair. All right. Wes Uh He played four games in this preseason at about 13 and a half minutes per game. He averaged 8.3 points per game. 
50% field goal shooting, 6 of 10 on 3, 60% from deep. Carrying it over. Should Wes quietly start asking for a trade now, though? Because you got Aminu and now Michael Carter-Williams, who we'll talk about in a second, yeah. have taken a lot of his rotation minutes. The only reason why I wanted to got that many minutes was because of some of the injuries to you know Fournier and Ross. Right. And so he's got Melvin Frazier right behind him and a wonder who's going to be a free agent in the summer. Should should he worry? Should he, should he, you know, the, the thing that we need to also talk about is Steve Clifford is trying to implement a nine-man rotation. Should he expand it to 10 and make sure Wando's in there? Like, I, I, I'm very fascinated by, by your take here on Here's, this. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch it right back to you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Michael Carter-Williams soon, but I'm going to include him anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nine-man rotation, and the, uh, the purpose of the nine-man rotation, as we've talked about, is to give everyone that's in the playing rotation enough time to actually make a positive contribution on the floor. True. You play too many guys, they can't get in a rhythm, they can't give you the production that you're accustomed to. Very true. So the ninth spot is really, it's Wes Awundu mm-hmm. or Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah. Now, before the season started, Michael Carter-Williams has said verbatim that the coaching staff told him, we're bringing you back this year, but we want you to bulk up to guard twos and threes because right. the point guard position, barring injury, is handled. Yeah. Who would you rather have play small forward, Wes Awundu or Michael Carter-Williams? I would prefer Awundu. Who would you rather play shooting guard? Wes Awundu or Michael Carter-Williams? Uh, Wes Awundu for me, but... So I, I, that's the point that I'm making, too. And especially if he's going to continue to be a legitimate... He he did not start last year as a legitimate 3 and D threat. No, but he, he almost, finished he, last year he went, as... We, we had this discussion. Right. He went into last training, you know, last yeah. year's training camp fighting for an NBA career, right. let alone fighting right. for minutes on a yeah. rotation. And he finished the year as a playoff contributor and a leg- and not le- yeah, I mean like a legitimate who I thought right. should have gotten more minutes the right. more Evan Fournier struggled in that Raptors right. series. So as a legit with the way that the game is going, where shooting is at such a premium, and I mean like he's not going to shoot fifty percent for the whole year, presumably, but. It, 39%? Is that out of the question? I don't think so. No, I don't think so, so either. So, to me, I think, should he ask for a trade? No. Should he be the ninth man in the ninth man, nine-man rotation? Yes, I think so. So, we're, we're going to find out because, I mean, preseason-wise, he played fantastic. He, right. he played great. Uh, and so, I mean, we'll get to MCW in a bit, but, I mean... I don't, and I'll talk about Melvin Frazier right now. Melvin Frazier, 3.8 points per game in uh, 11 and a half minutes per contest. He played all six preseason games. He shot 37% field goal percentage. And would you trust Melvin Frazier right now with real minutes? Because no. I don't. No. So, right. The other, so I, I guess the, 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 my, the mindset might also be is that he's, Wes is going to be a free agent next season. And is there a worry that they think that they're going to lose him now already, so why give him all these minutes? Are they trying to lowball his minutes so that they can re-sign him like they did with Kem Birch <laughs> until Kem showed up when Mo Bamba had to, had to exit through the injury in January? I don't know. Um, oh, man, that's tough. So, I, it, I, I, you can't, I don't think you can put future negotiations before – the the team the, the, right the actual on course right, no yeah. I'm with you so, there I I just I just want to know why Clifford is so in love with 
with MCW taking Wesawandu's minutes. Because- I will say, and I think we talked about this, I'm going to say off air, because we're only on air once every three months, but we, we did talk about this. What the talking points from Steve Clifford this preseason has been Michael Carter Williams is one of the best defensive, like the best defensive player I've ever coached, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly the kind of shit that you say before you park someone on the bench, right? You would think that, I, but Clifford's I'm, a pretty straight shooter. He's a straight shooter, think. but that's, I think that you, the effusive praise in the press in the preseason. The last time somebody got praised that heavily was when Stan Van Gundy was talking about how great Larry Hughes was. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. And he didn't even make. What right, a fine. Right. Yeah. So I, to me, I, my, my thought is that I, I think we're going to be okay with where Wessel Wendu is in terms of uh, the time in, in the, uh, on the court. Okay. All right. Let's go to Evan Fournier now. So, Mr. Fournier. He, uh, he played only four of the six preseason games. He missed two because of back spasms. 19 minutes per contest. He only scored 6.8 points per game on 41% from the field. He only shot seven threes. He made three of seven of those threes. Um, Evan, coming off a very strong FIBA World Cup per, uh, performance, even though he got pissed off that he ended up with another bronze medal. But, um, you know, he led France. He led his country to around 20 points per game scoring, and he made the alternative team, which is a big deal. It yeah. is. Um, I still see some similar defensive laps worries with him, like we saw in the in the Raptor series yeah. and some of, some of the regular season as well. But um, the question is, will he get his shooting percentages high enough to where it doesn't matter as far as his, his defensive lapses? Will his shooting improve enough? Because last season was his worst from a Magic perspective based right. off shooting percentages. Will it, will those be high enough to where the, the, the defensive shortcomings that we noticed more last season, we won't notice him as much because he's scoring better? So my answer to that starts with, when is Evan not pissed off? So he's going to come in pissed off about the bronze medal. He's going to come in carrying, uh, you know, residual grudge from last year for shooting like shit. Yeah. And then... I think I, it's an Algerian thing. They carry a lot of anger sometimes. I, I don't know. Look, we're we're counting on the fact that he's a known quantity at this point in the yeah. NBA, and you're hoping that he's going to regress to well, the mean shooting percentage-wise. Yeah, for him, the mean would be an, an upgrade. Right. So, right. With, so I, I will say, too, I think that you're right about the defensive lapses. I also think he'll share more court time with Al Farouk Aminu, and mm. that'll have a little more help in terms of containing driving players, too. A very good point, and we'll see as far as as far as that goes. Um, with Evan, okay. Oh, I have another question for you. So, does Evan completely shave his head by the All Star break because his scalp was looking bad in that last preseason game against the Heat? And I'm sure Vucevic, like we see Vucevic send him tweets all the time, so yeah. he might be making that scalp joke all the time at this point. God, it's gone quick. Has his hair, been, his yeah. hair. He did something to his hair going into training camp yeah. again, and it just went quick. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you think he shaves his head? Does I, he, does he get to that, or is he going to just fight it off again this season? I don't think he's going to full Bruce Willis just quite yet. Uh, he might as well. I, f- I feel like he might as well. But maybe he'd be less angry if he just embraced <laughs> it. Who knows? But. Um, I don't know. It just depends on the shape of your head, too, that's I guess. True, yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a good a point. Because yeah. Mo Bamba found out the hard way where when you make bets with Shaquille O'Neal, you always lose. <laughs> and when it comes to hair, unfortunately, Mo uh, had to shave off his head, basically. Or his hair, his his, his flat-top haircut. 
and uh, doesn't have the kindest looking head to 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 be uh, first. To be you quite shit frank. on his defense, and now you shit on his head. Yeah, yikes. Sorry, but all right. Let's move on to Terrence Ross. So T. Ross only played five preseason games. 14.2 points per game, so that led uh, the Magic in scoring in that regard. Uh, 41.7% from the field. Three-pointer-wise, three he shot 32.5%. He made 13 of 43-point looks, so he was hoisting them up. So, um, I guess a couple things. The number eight doesn't look good on him. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. Maybe just, I just I still picture 31. Pat Garrity, but he, I think 31 is a better number for him. Yeah. Um, also... He looks like he's 10 years older without wearing a headband. Now, thankfully, because the NBA banned certain headbands, right. but I think now they got in like the new headbands in time because he wore one for he, the Heat game It was as like well. a hybrid of a, yeah, that looked good. I like that. So he looks more normal with the headband now. Like he needs to stick with it now. Here's, here's my question for you. Okay. We, obviously, he had a tremendous year last year, the best of his career, most consistent. Shot over, second, made over 200 threes off Second the best player on the team for the entirety of the year. Will, will he match last year's numbers in terms of shooting percentage and volume? Oh, man, I, I have to say no, right? Because it was such a high level. But also, our bench is so much better now. Like, we got Aminu. We're assuming Bamba's going to be good. Right. We got Markel Fultz. Or, you know, uh, we don't have to worry about Jaron Grant or Jonathan Simmons anymore. Like, the bench as a whole is better. And so, for, in that regard, plus, Ross's reputation is a lot higher now. I think John Denton just tweeted something that he made the third highest amount of contested jumpers last season, basically. Right. And so, in that regard, I'm hoping that his percentages go up. But as far as volume and as far as actual numbers go, I think they'll dip down a little bit. I think he finished fifth or sixth in the sixth man of the year voting last season, and that was with a very, very late charge at the end. And I'm hoping that people will appreciate, and again, a lot of this depends on if the Magic get off to a decent start too, but I'm hoping people can appreciate what Ross did last season. And look, he didn't have the greatest series against the Raptors, but that's because he literally was hoisting up like thirty foot three pointers. Well, no one had a great series. No one, no Raptors. one other than like Aaron Gordon had a right. great had a good playoff series, basically. And so, I, you know, I think I think the Human Torch can get into the six man race early on and maybe stay there. It's probably going to go to like another Clipper. It's probably like Lou Williams probably has like his name on it already, but. Um, I, I think that overall volume and actual like points per game will dip a little bit probably. But kind of like a trade-off with Vucevic where if the efficiency goes up, we're right. fine. I, I think we're on the same wavelength there that the, the production, <laughs> the output will go down. But because of the strength of the team, it's an improvement. Yeah. Right? That's, that's how yeah. I view it. So... Um, I do think because Ross should get more open looks this this season. He should. Now, what he does with them, I don't know. He's still got to make them, but we'll find out. I didn't have anything to note with DJ Augustine. It's just DJ Augustine, just kind of business as usual. He's 32 years old now. I don't know if you wanted to chime in or not, or if we're just going to talk back and forth between him and Fultz. I I don't know if this stat is correct. I guess I should look it up prior to recording, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I think he's the only player to shoot over 40% from three back-to-back last season and the season before for our team. You're probably correct. So uh, 
he's just got to stay healthy. I mean, he played 81 games last season. Right? You keep him healthy, try and keep him off the ground as much as possible. Uh, spell him for longer stints with Markel Fultz. Which you ride, you yeah. tr- ride the production that he's given you. Really, the whole time that he's been a part of the Magic. I mean, it's it. it I, I got nothing. I I have I can't have nothing bad to say about TJ Augustine. Yeah. Like I keep I doing don't it. keep doing yeah. it, man. And yeah. look, if Markel Fultz comes for you, then you know we'll see how, how that goes. But speaking of Fultz, all right, he played all six preseason games. He even played the Philly one. So um, he got that out of the way, but yeah. he averaged nine, in 19 minutes per contest, he's averaged 6.7 points per game. Fultz shot 31.5% from the field. Not great. 0 of 6 on 3, so he didn't make a 3 like Ben Simmons did for Philadelphia, so we don't, we, we don't have that happiness yet. Um, 6 of 9 on free throws, not terrible for preseason, whatever. Um, I'm I'm just a uh, well. Let's do this now. I'm gonna address a question. Uh, one of one of the two questions from Jeff Weltgod on uh, on Twitter, which the Twitter handle is at MagicMan816. But Jeff Weltgod is a much better uh, profile name right now. But what is the biggest surprise of the preseason, and what is the biggest disappointment of the preseason? Right. My biggest surprise mm-hmm. is that Markel Fultz played at all. So mine wasn't because I predicted he would. Yeah. However. My well, you already know my biggest disappointment is probably Mo Bamba's defense. Yeah. That's my biggest disappointment. My biggest surprise is is how much Markel Fultz is just do- dove right into this, basically. Where Fultz has made some ridiculously awesome passes this preseason, just amazing court vision. I, I like it's it's like he he hasn't missed a beat in, in that regard. He's been confident going to the rim. He's had some nice dunks already. Um, and just a lot of great takes to the rim. Just no nerves, no hesitation. I, from a mentality perspective, I don't have any complaints for him right now. Yeah. So when I see Magic fans worried about Folds' shooting percentages, it's like the guy's just getting back. Like I'm I not. Mean, if you weren't worried about Michael Carter Williams shooting percentages in the second half well, of last year, then it's not. I mean, you know. And so I look. Can he take the starting point guard job away from DJ Augustine by the end of the calendar year? I'm not saying the end of the season. I'm no. talking by the end of December 31st. No, absolutely not. Do you no, do you think? I think Put it's a in percentage play. on it. Would you bet on it? Well, don't. Well, no, hold on. I'm the wrong guy to ask about <laughs> yeah. that. Well, we'll get to some bets I made, but um, I would put a 35 percent chance on it right now. So it's not a majority, but I, not I, likely. Not likely, but not no chance in hell. Not out That's of the for, realm of no. possibility. Uh, like, oh come on! No I way. hey, I said he'd play preseason. He played preseason. <laughs> he might get the starting job now. It may hopefully knock on wood. This doesn't happen, but it's, it may come because of an injury. Well, let's, yeah, let's 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 take that out of the equation. But just based can he on, win the job straight up? No, I not, mean not this year. Well, I'm telling you, man, defensively. He Man. does stuff that, that DJ Augustine can't do. I mean, he's 6'4". That's true. He's in amazing shape. Like, you could tell when the when the, that trade was done and the Magic introduced him and, and you know, that he had put on weight and whatnot because he just couldn't work out. But he lost a ton of weight. He He's in great shape, but he's still a big body at 6'4". So, and he's got the wingspan needed to be a great two-way player right. as far as getting in those passes and then working those lanes and getting some great steals. His dribbling it could be it can improve. It's a little rusty there right let's, now. Let's but. play him twenty minutes a night, and let's see what happens, and then we'll go from there. That's how I feel. Okay, that's fair. Um, 
All right, let's move on to Michael Carter-Williams. We already talked about him a little bit, but he played all six preseason games. He got two starts at shooting guard, uh, 18 minutes per game, 6.2 points per game, 47% shooting from the field, 0 of 7 on threes. Um, he still has issues finishing at the rim, even though he, you know, he put on that weight and bulked up a bit and whatnot. Um, all right. Will he lead the league in bloody face moments this season? <laughs> Not just a match. Will he lead the league? Uh, that depends on... Because he's, he's already been busted he, open this preseason. Is he going to be the ninth man or not? Uh, I guess that's the first question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he sticks his face in there quite a bit, doesn't he? Um, will he also lead the Magic in technical fouls? Ooh. So... I think Fournier is pretty testy, as we talked about. Yeah, and Fournier he's, is going to be fighting for that new contract. He doesn't yeah. have to rely on picking up the $17 million player option. So Here's, here's my I, take on Michael Carter-Williams. All first right, of all, give me the take. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to last year. First of all, Isaiah Briscoe was not great. He let's was way there. better than Jaron right. Grant, but... When we look at right. MCW and yeah. Briscoe, right. he didn't have those moments, those swinging swing type plays Momentum that MCW shifting did. hustle play. All right, okay. So we would not have. I don't think we would have made the playoffs without Michael Carter Williams. I, 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 yeah, you're right. I'm you, not yeah. certain that we would have won Game One without Michael Carter Williams. Shutting down Lowry or helping to shut down Lowry or I just think in general, just in general, general, general yeah. generally made a couple shots. So you know, okay. I think that based off what he did last year, mm-hmm. he earned a minimum contract from us for the full season this year, which he got. Absolutely, yes. I also think that he was unemployed last year and on the fringes of being out of the NBA. He, he upped it. He, he really gave it as everything. And he is a good 11th man. And that's where I'm at. Yeah, so basically you kind of answered my other question was what do you think of him being the backup shooting guard and small forward next to Fulton Ross? And basically by talking about a one-do, we think it should be West, not not MCW. Yeah. But we're going to find out. And it's going to have to come down to, you know, if if MCW is in that rotation come those first few games, it's going to take him clanking a lot of open threes before Clifford definitely kind of changes his mind because – I trust the Wondu way, way much more in those situations. I mean, Wondu shot 6 of 10 from 3 as pre- this preseason. Yeah. MCW 0 of 7 from deep. That's not going to change much, no, really. No, Um. So we'll see. I like my- Michael. I love the man for helping us get in the playoffs last season. He's He should be used as a utility guy, basically. Like... I mean, look, I know he he bulked up. I mean, I don't think he lost much of his quickness. He's just much more right. prepared. I mean, six yeah. six, and he's ready to just handle shooting guards and small forwards a little bit if he has to. But Spot he, minutes are fine. He should be the third point guard right now. He, he should be. Yeah. And there's no, there's no shame in that right now. But no. my worry is Clifford trusting him too much. Yeah, that's my worry. And we'll... I mean, this is a time where we're going to fully get to judge Steve Clifford now to see what he learned from last season and what he learned from the Raptors' loss because Nick Nurse outcoached him a lot in certain situations, I thought. Even though the Raptors had better talent overall, I think that there were instances where Clifford could have played around with the lineup or could have made some adjustments and it didn't quite happen. And whatever, it's our first time in the playoffs in seven years. You get the pass. 
now's the time where we're going to look at your coaching a little bit more. Well, let's so. face it. He has more rotation caliber players now than he did last year, right? I mean, he, he didn't have decisions to make last year. He His hand was forced. Yeah. And now he actually has to do some calculation and permutation. And if things aren't working, you have options to try other things. Yeah. So Jeff Weltgod had a second question to his two-parter, and it was, what do you want the magic to start, stop, and continue? That's a fine question, and thank you for it. Yeah, thank you, Walt God. We love you. Um, so we're going to say to start, and this has been the case for seven years, to start is get more free throws, get get more free throw attempts. Yeah. That that seems to be the most obvious thing. Yeah. And I think Fultz actually helps with that a little bit. I think Aaron Gordon might finally get to the line a bit more. Um Maybe Amino does too, but Aminu may not be the greatest free throw shooter. We're going right. to find out. Yeah. Um, so that's Here's, the start part. Can I give you one? And I don't know if this is the right answer or not, but yeah, I'm going to answer the stop one. Okay. Okay. So the the trajectory of the team we've decided is tied to the growth of both Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, and then Mo Bamba's a bonus at Mo this Bamba point in my mind. Markel Fultz are second tier in terms of that, right? Uh, I would like for the Magic to stop taking Jonathan Isaac out of the closing five. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so wait, so that means you, you you would not put Ross in there to close? I think you got to put Ross in, right? So who do you shuffle out? Are you, are you shuffling you, out Vooch? Are you shuffling you out go, Fournier? Do you go are you, Oh, you take out Augustine. You take out Augustine and make Fournier the primary Fournier ball handler? Fournier and Aaron Gordon yeah. handling the ball? Right. And Ross, I guess, because that's the other thing, is Ross has been playing a bit more pick and roll with the ball in his hands, actually. And now, now, obviously, you know, there's offense, defense, and late game situations, but from my mind, and this is just subjective... Well, defensively, that's a huge right, upgrade if you're taking right. Augustine out. The, yeah. only, the only time that I remember Jonathan Isaac being offensively in the closing five last year was the early game up in Boston where he hit the mid-range shot. Yeah. Right? So you you want him to get those reps, I think. He had a few more, to, but yeah, right. I mean, there, there's there's a few. You, you, know, you want him many. to get th- those opportunities to continue his growth, and I think that they need to stop pulling him offensively at the end of games. I guess it just depends on if Isaac can hit threes. Because, I mean, if you take Augustine out, that's right. your over 40% three-point shooter. Right. So then it's like... I mean, Vooch, is shoot, Vooch shoots 36% from deep. And, it's like, well, I mean, everything's situationally yeah. dependent, right? But I also think generally you you want to grow his confidence and grow his game. Yeah, so that's a really great question. So I guess continue is can we continue the 22-9 to 9 win rate that we ended last regular season? No, I'll take no. Here's what I want us to continue. Yeah. I want us to be a top five defense like the whole season. If we're top ten, then your offense has to be a little like a little bit better than maybe you were right. expecting it to be. If you're top five defense, you're definitely a fucking playoff team. There's no way you're not. You can have like a Memphis Grizzlies like grind it out type of offense, and you're still gonna probably be like a playoff team at a minimum. Yeah. So if this team can maintain its focus, because I mean we saw it those first three pre well first two and a half preseason games where. You know, it was the Spurs and then it was uh, the Pistons where they were just smothering the hell out of them. And m- most people, if you a- if you went to a typical ma- NBA fan and you asked them, you know, who do you think's better, the Magic or the Pistons, they'd actually tell you Detroit probably if you told them uh, Derrick Rose was on the team. They would. And then same thing with the Spurs, just if nothing else, because of Popovich. But the Magic, they 
they smoked those teams, and both those teams had pretty much their starters playing in those games. And you could see that they're, because they're, they didn't have to spend this preseason or this training camp learning the Steve Clifford philosophy or the systems and right. all that. They know all the schemes. They've already communicated. They have all this chemistry defensively. This is where the continuity is going to come in, where you can up your level of what you specialize in. And one of the things the Magic specialize in is damn good defense. Right. And, look, Toronto was able to exploit them for a couple reasons. Some of that, too, is jitters from being in the playoffs. From a regular season perspective, I think the Magic can definitely be a top-10 defense. Again, they have to be if they want to make the playoffs, I think. And But I, I do think they have a, a very high chance to be a top-5 defense. And we're going to find out. Yep. We'll see. Um, so I've already said the Magic are at 13 players guaranteed. Um, the NBA mandates 14, so who do you think the 14th's going to be? Do you have a guess right now? I think the disappointment is that none of the uh, unguaranteed guys are Exhibit 10 guys. Well, not Exhibit 10 because you're not really thinking that some they'll of them make were the Exhibit roster, 10, right? Some of them weren't. But yeah. I, the, none of them really separated themselves that we couldn't find a diamond in the rough right off the bat. Uh, I don't have anyone off the top of my head. We talked about Jamal Crawford, etc. Do you think that the... Here's the question for you. Mm -hmm. The guaranteed, mandated 14th player, will it be someone who is currently a free agent or someone who's currently on another team's roster? Man, I think it's going to be a free agent. I can't, like, off the top of my head, I I mean, this would take a lot of research to really go into rosters and see, like, okay, what's your luxury, what's your cap situation right now? You know, like, do you need to shed money now? It's like. That's a real good question. Now, I, I think uh, my prediction is going to be, I think it's going to be Timothy Luau. That's my prediction right now. Okay. I, I'm probably going to be wrong. Watch it be Carmelo Anthony. And we're going to be like, how the fuck is this going to work with another big, you know, another forward? But, um, all right. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about was people were mad about the Magic obviously not having Okiki right now or not having their draft pick available to them right now and having to see guys like Tyler Hero and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing well in the preseason. So first off, Tyler Hero, screw that guy. I hate that guy. I hated that guy in the draft process, and I'm sure he fits perfectly in Miami with their attitude or whatever bullshit they got. But um, all I know is is Tyler Hero 6'6 with a 6'3.5 wingspan. Right. So if you have to fight him, his reach is way worse than your typical person. So let's just put it at that. But um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is the tougher one because Hero got picked before the Magic had a chance to get him, thankfully, anyway, by Miami. But Nikhil, and, you know, Nas, people are calling him the Canadian because I guess all these Canadian guys now have two last names. Right. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker is the one where New Orleans got him, and I was, I was hoping the Magic would take him. I'd say the majority of people would have would have wanted to take Nob because they saw that the scoring ability and he's taking it to another level, both in summer league and especially preseason with New Orleans right now. Right. Um. I guess are do you care? Like, are are you hurt in any way that the the Magic did what they did with this draft? Basically, do you do you also kill the Magic for not signing Taco Fall? I well, no, well, no. <laughs> I, I, I think every fan, part of being a fan, right, is you want some sort of new excitement every year, and the draft is the easiest way to obtain that. But for the purposes of what the team is trying to accomplish, the excitement was the run that they had at the end of last year. And you're not going to find someone at 16 that you're going to plug right into the rotation anyway. Yeah. So 
I'm with you, and you know? and it, it it's it's mostly a money thing. I really it, right. it, it, it's like ninety five percent a money thing that the Magic. I bet you if they didn't see this Okiki opportunity, they would have probably traded the damn pick. I think or gone international or gone international. Yeah, yeah, done a drafting stash. So I'm not worried about it. Plus, let let the season play out first. Yeah. Let, let let let's see how this goes because. Right. I mean, Okiki could come back next year and be better than any of those guys. So we'll find out. So, um, all right. So I'd already mentioned that the Magic had been blown out in those games against Boston and Philly. They lost the last game to Miami to end their their preseason 3-3. Any concerns that the Magic got off to kind of a good start in preseason and then they kind of petered out? Or is it just preseason being preseason and... We shouldn't worry until like the Magic lose opening night to the Cleveland. I, you well, you know how I feel about summer league and preseason. Right? The the results mean nothing, and yeah. oftentimes the individual play doesn't mean a whole lot either. I do think it's interesting to note that uh, obviously the NBA has a scheduling department and a very powerful scheduling computer matrix for the regular season schedule. Yeah, but preseason schedules are. Uh, basically booked the same way that colleges book football. The teams talk to each other, The teams have to schedule their six preseason games. I think one of the cool things about the Magic's preseason is they ran through all six just like that. And And it was all NBA teams. Right, all NBA teams. This is the first time I can recall in a while that I think we did all all NBA teams or that we don't have an an, an international site game or a neutral site game. Yeah. This season, right. this NBA regular season. This is the first time I can think of this in a long freaking time. So they finished their uh, preseason slate without having to put a ton of air miles in. And then also they have a full week of rest and also additional time to drill concepts based on film. Yeah, I think, you know, when the Magic were 3-0 and coming back home, they they were probably tired because of just how the, the schedule... They had played... All their games, basically, they played more games sooner than everybody else, right. basically. Like, right. when the Magic were 3-0, most NBA teams had played two or fewer games, basically. You know, when the Magic had played five games, most teams had only played four or three. So, in that regard, I think that, you know, the Magic were focusing probably so much on on the practices, and then, you know, sometimes the games worked out, sometimes they didn't, and... I'm just not worried. They have six full days now before this regular season starts. Wednesday, October 23rd against the Cleveland Cavaliers here in Orlando. And uh, we'll, we'll see how uh, what type of start they get off to. So I didn't actually ask you this, but do you think the Magic will have a top 10 defense again this season? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could throw out a guess, where do you think the offense is going to rank? I, I just there's there's yeah. no like math to yeah. base it off of. I'm just gonna randomly say 19th. I, I think 19th will be the order. Well, is. I think the hope is that they're in the top half of the league, and if you get them 14, 15, and you have a top five defense, then you're you're right where you want to be. You're yeah, you're definitely you're getting home court advantage. You have to at that point, basically. Yeah. But okay, how many Magic All Stars will there be this season? I just have Aaron Gordon. My answer is also one with Aaron Gordon. Okay. Fair, to, fair, quick to the point. Um, do you think any Magic players get any uh, strong awards content, attention uh, or be in contention for an award? So, like, six-man, all-defensive team, I'll throw it in there. Most improved player? Um, I say no. I just think that nationally we're still one of the most irrelevant teams out there. I hate to say it, but it's true. Like, nobody, very few people care to talk about us. 
and only the very best smart ones actually talk about us. What's up, Zach Lowe? I, um, I think I agree with you, and I also I think the fact is in the Eastern Conference, uh, a 45-win team could be a home court advantage team theoretically, and for any national awards or you know league-wide honors, I don't think that you're going to garner much support that way. Okay. All right, prediction time. Let's so. Everyone knows I have this team at 49 and 33. I checked my schedule thing again where I'd look at every game individually. I'm very confident what I got, so I'm sticking at 49 and 33. What's your prediction for the Magic? Uh, for one last prediction. For the 2019-2020 NBA season. <laughs> no, I want the 2040-2041. Okay. Uh, 45 wins, 37 losses this year. That's pretty optimistic from you. That's where I'm at. That's, that's, that's where I've settled. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I will reveal that uh, shout out to Clay who's in Vegas right now, but he uh, he made two bets for me at at Caesar's uh, uh, sports book. So I couldn't get uh, the uh, the who will win the Southeast Division bet. Caesar's didn't have it. I was only on Bovada. But um, right now, actually, the Heat are favored to win the Southeast Division, so that's why I wanted to throw it on the Magic. But um, I threw the minimum bet is twenty bucks. Okay. Um, so I threw first $30 on the over-under for the Magic, which has crept up to 42 and a half. Right. So the bets betting, the bets seem to have raised that. So yeah. most people think the Magic are going to win more than 42 and a half games. And, uh, yeah, I put 30 bucks on the Magic over. So we'll see. This yeah. is the first time I've, uh, I've done a Vegas bet on this type they, of thing. They won 42 last year, and the team is better. Yes. So are they one win better? I, I hope so, for your sake. For everyone's sake. Well, then, that, yeah, that too. Like, unless we were absolutely ravaged with injuries. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I think, I think our depth is better anyway. Like we could take like one injury to a forward and then maybe one of our guards and we'd still be yeah. okay. Um, I'd rather not deal with that, but it, I think our depth is better than what we're going to go over here in a second as far as East contenders okay. go. But yep. my other bet that I placed, I put 20 bucks. I couldn't put 10, so I have minimums 20. I put 20 bucks on the Magic winning the Eastern Conference Finals. Huh. You want to know what the betting odds were for that? We like what thirty to one? Uh fifty to one. Okay. So twenty bucks. If I win the bet, I win a thousand dollars. So again, yeah. uh, extra incentive for me to keep cheering on the Magic. <laughs> Not go. like I needed it anyway. But um, <laughs> look, with the over under thing, the Magic, uh, it's like minus one ten for the Magic over, which it's it's minus one ten. 10 for every NBA team's over. So basically, I put 30 bucks in. I'm in, I'm in line to win like 27 and a half bucks. So I'm, right. I'm hedging. I'm covering myself for the 20, basically. Hey, fair enough. I'm yeah. winning potentially seven and a half bucks. There basically. you go. So um, anyway, okay. I don't know. Do you have a list? Uh, can you give me your eight East playoff teams in their ranking order? Okay. You got them. Uh, I think I'm going to assume that our number one and number two are going to be the same. So do you want to let's go a couple at a time here? Okay. Who's uh, your first, who's your one seed? Uh, going to be Boston. What? The fuck's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Philadelphia's number one. Oh okay. God. Well, I have All Milwaukee right. one, right. but I'm okay. assuming right. your number two is I, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. My number two is Philadelphia. Okay. Okay, what's your reasoning behind the top two? We can we can talk quickly. Like, do you think Philly's ceiling being higher is the reason, and you think that Milwaukee losing out on uh, Malcolm Brogdon's going to drop them enough, or what? What do you think? I I think that well, okay. First of all, uh, Giannis is like you know, 
best player in the league right now, right? MVP. Yeah. So are you going to get the same production from Brook Lopez that you got last year? Hey, is, they got Robin Lopez is, too now. Is Robin Lopez going to be Brook Lopez for you when Brook Lopez doesn't give you the same production? They lose Miritich. They replace him with presumably fake Dragon Bender. Like, <laughs> you lose Malcolm Brogdon. And granted, he was hurt last year. Uh, but Do you trust Eric Bledsoe again yeah, for a full year after all the money? bags that got delivered on his doorstep and so. they didn't have to do it that early they could have waited to give him the money and then realize oh we shouldn't give him this money we should give them malcolm Brown. does kyle corver have anything left to give at age 37 he might be, might be older right. than i don't know but. so uh al horford extremely professional i don't think you lose a whole lot with josh richardson in philadelphia so i'm gonna plug them in at number one and I think Milwaukee's going to be number two for me. See, I think I think Embiid is really motivated to go for MVP, so that's what scares me. But I think they're not having J.J. Redick is actually going to be a bigger deal than I think because Josh Richardson, good two-way player, right. but not like elite three-point shooter. He, didn't, he wasn't elite set, against Miami, sure. not the same skill yeah. set. Um, I also think them losing Jimmy Butler is a big deal because they lost their closer. They don't have a defined closer unless it's Embiid and you can in the day and age that we have that we're in now you can scheme defenses to where it's really hard for a big man to win a game right and so I mean do you rely on Tobias Harris it's just like I I, I think their ceiling is higher and I know they got Al Horford next to Embiid but I think I think Al Horford's legs are going to start giving out on him like I think injuries might finally take their toll and I agree. Philly's ceiling, high, probably the highest out of anyone in the East at the moment. Okay. Especially Milwaukee. But um, I just think that Milwaukee, they they found the formula, at least for the regular season. Now, that's a, postseason's that's a completely point. different that's thing. That's a fair point. But from a regular season perspective, Budenholzer figured it out last season, and I don't see a reason why they would drop off that much. Okay. Unless you think Philly's just going to win like 65 games or something, but... Um, or 62 might get it done. but All right, who's your number three? Uh, I have Boston at number three. All right, we both have Boston at number three. Um, Kemba Walker just works much better with that team. And Gordon Hayward, the Magic, Magic fans got to take a look at him a little bit. Gordon yeah. Hayward uh, could be a problem. So yeah. Another he, year of more confidence coming back. And coming back. I mean, really, it takes you – of over two, like over two years to get back from those type of injuries, right. almost. So, and it's crazy that losing uh, Kyrie is addition by subtraction, right? Yeah. So, so. Uh, who's your number four? Uh, well, number four is addition by addition. I'm going to plug Brooklyn in at number four. So I have uh, your Orlando Magic at number four. Um, I can see it. I want it. I I'm 49 wins. Boston had 49 wins last year, and they uh, they that was enough for the four seed. I got yeah. the Magic at 49 wins, and I got them at the number four seed. Okay. I got them winning the division. Fuck you, Miami. <laughs> um, and I just I the teams below them are just not as good, especially from a depth perspective. Yeah. And, but the just getting to the playoffs for the first time in seven years. That takes a huge load off your shoulder, pressure-wise, because you've done it. You right. know what it takes to get in. Right. And most of these guys that are getting big minutes haven't reached their prime yet. That's true, too. And so that type of internal improvement, plus you have Fultz now, 
Bamba's going to be back for a full healthy season, hopefully. Hopefully his defense is good. And uh, you signed Al Farouk Aminu. You don't have Jaron Grant and uh, and Jonathan Simmons for those early frustrating losses that we had last season. And so I just don't see I, – I don't see a reason why the Magic can't be fairly significantly better than their 42-win version of themselves was last season. Okay. Um, so you said Brooklyn was four. Yeah. I have Brooklyn fifth. Okay. I actually was surprised I had Brooklyn this high. Um, I just like Kenny Atkinson as a coach a lot, man. They have something going on in Brooklyn where clearly they're doing something right because they signed both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Now, they don't have Kevin Durant this season, but if Kyrie gets hurt for more than 20 games, they're in trouble. If it's only a few games here and there, they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Like That's a great backup to have. Right. He might be sixth man of the year. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I I you know are they going to regret giving DeAndre Jordan that those minutes over Jared Allen or are they going to be able to shift uh responsibilities properly to where like they're not cuz they got I mean they got some good weapons they got Karis LeVert I mean they they got they, they, Joe Harris squad. had the had yeah. the best three-point shooting percentage in the league last season right and I mean there's a lot of talent and I know they don't have D'Angelo Russell but I mean Kyrie's a great talent, and he's in New York now, and I just think he's gonna fit. He's gonna just fit in better than he did in Boston. Well, he has incentive too. He can't. He can't. Blow he can't it up fuck up again. Right. He yeah. can't. Yeah. If he does, then he's gonna be on like a, on, on a do not sign track. list. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I I got Brooklyn five. Um, who do you have fifth? So I'm gonna plug our Orlando Magic in at fifth. So going from seventh to fifth. Yeah. Respectable upgrade. Forty-five wins should get you there. So um, I don't need. We don't need to go further on that. But sixth, I got Toronto. You and me both. So I think the Raptors are. I mean, Marcus Gasol could still be drunk. I mean, he, <laughs> he 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 won the title with the Raptors, and then he wins the FIBA World Cup with Spain. I mean, obviously um, you're you're losing Kawhi. You're losing Kawhi. You're losing Danny Green. And Danny Green. It's the championship but, hangover this year, right? But, look, Nick Nurse is a great coach. We we saw it firsthand. Yeah. Um, he got a good amount out of Canada at the FIBA World Cup, too. Kem Birch can attest to that. But um, looking at it, I mean, Toronto, look, Kyle Lowry, there's there's some motivation for Kyle Lowry to, to kind of carry the team and say, we're, we're at least going to make the playoffs. Like, there's some pride there. Yeah. You you. You, they they should still get like a lot of teams best like I know you you lose Kawhi and Danny Green but you're still the champs so um, a lot's gonna depend on Pascal Siakam can he, he's probably gonna be an, he's gonna probably be an All Star this season if he is that means Toronto is gonna be a playoff team if he makes another leap than what he did last season yeah so because if not then you get in the shaky situation where you're heavily relying on Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka and with well, with both, but especially with Bugasol, age factors in. With Ibaka, we see when he's not engaged or right. interested, that yeah. doesn't go well. So, yeah, but I agree. I mean, they they got guy, they got like OG Ananobi is going to be back. So it's just like I, I think they're good enough where they can at least get the sixth seed. Seventh, I have the Heat. I mm. I so badly didn't want to put him in the top eight, but look, you got Jimmy Butler now. But this whole notion. And I'm seeing it from a lot of the national media, but this whole notion that Miami's gonna is the favorite for the Southeast Division crown, I Not call for bullshit you. for that. I, I I I call I call BS on that. It's just you got Jimmy Butler. Okay, who's the second best player on that Heat team? Oh, 
Is it Bam Adebayo? Is I, it Goran Dragic? It's probably Adebayo, right? Adebayo is great. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's yeah. good. Now, is Dragic even top three? Do you place him above Justice Winslow right now? I don't know. They started Justin Winslow, Justice Winslow a lot, you know, in the preseason. I don't know if they were just trying to phase Dragic back in, but yeah. I mean, they had injury issues last season. They had, you know, Josh Richardson picked up that injury that basically ended their playoff hopes. They depended on Dwayne Wade, who's retired now. Like. They they made some deals. They made some trades. That's fine. But like Kelly Olynyk is like the fourth most important person player on that team. <laughs> I'm not trusting that. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is 32 years old. He's a very old 32 years old. A lot of miles. He he wanted he wanted his own team. He didn't want to be on a championship team in Philly. He wanted his own team. He's got his own team. But if he wears down even a little bit, they're going to be struggling to get into the playoffs. So I'm yeah. sorry. Did who, did you have them seventh? Who I, you have seventh? I have Miami at eight. I think they squeak into the playoffs. I think that there's age and injury, and I think that that's a factor. Uh, my number seven team mm-hmm. is the Indiana Pacers. I think they just uh, they get in. You got to manage and massage the Victor Oladipo situation. I think they have to figure out how they're gonna uh, work their front court rotation, and then you got to figure out how you're gonna work. Malcolm Brogdon in and the holidays and you know everything else but I think that there's still enough cohesion there for them to to slide into the seventh spot I uh I don't have Indiana making the playoffs I I don't know when Oladipo comes back he's too busy singing right now and recovering (laughs) but um allegedly singing I guess uh the mass singer he's he's the thing of the jig if you don't know um okay he, he has to be it's, right. it's not wayne brady it's, uh, it's oladipo it wayne brady. that's fine it's not wayne okay. brady i i know I, it's got to be oladipo but i don't know man i think the wheels are coming off a bit like i got tj warren on my dynasty fantasy league team but like in is he do you want to rely on on a guy who couldn't get it together in phoenix to right. get it together in indiana for a team that's trying to be good i i don't know um there's the there's already rumors that they're gonna trade Demontis Sabonis and what about, it's like what about TJ McConnell do you like him no what about TJ Leaf do you like him <laughs> that's right they got all the TJs that's right yeah. um, they have Malcolm Brogdon but he's had injury issues like if they lose him they're really screwed um, and I I just think that the prediction of them winning 47 48 wins even though even though or right. you know 47 games whatever that's what they won last year people assuming that they're going to do it again that's i i don't trust it and i think the east at least the top 8 as a whole is is going to be improved so you're not going to be able to sneak in with 41 or with 40 uh, wins or 41 wins i don't think okay and i just don't think indiana's got it so my eighth team is the Chicago Bulls. I have Look the Bulls out. at eighth. I think Zach Levine is is going to be one of the upper tier high scorers in in the league this okay. season. I like Laurie Markkinen a lot. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen. People forget how great that guy is. Like as much people want to look at like Kristaps Porzingis, Laurie Markkinen is a problem. Is a problem. Like when he started that last Magic game where we played the Bulls at home and we lost to them, I think it was. Yeah. Laurie Markkinen was a freaking problem. Um, Very talented. Like they're starting to draft well, you know, just consistently. Like Kobe White might be an immediate point guard contributor for them. Underrated signing that I really Sadoransky. like is Sadoransky, man. Yeah. I like Thomas Sadoransky a lot, and so. I think the Bulls sneak in as the eighth seed. Okay. Even though they have a terrible coach in, in Boylan, <laughs> I think they're going to find a way to get in. They're just going to they, like they can ignore him and still get in as I the eighth seed. I forgot that he was a coach. Yeah. So, um, 
So that means I don't have Detroit making the playoffs. I think, look, Reggie Jackson is finally on the final year of a, of that god-awful contract. Yeah. And I just it's weird that they that when you have to rely on on him and Derrick Rose to to get you going and Rose had a great season last year for Minnesota that wasn't a playoff team. Um Blake Griffin, I I don't I mean he's a great player when he's on the court. It's just he right. his his body's failing him now. He's yeah. it's getting worse every year now and they that Detroit team caused the Magic a lot of problems last season. Like Wayne Ellington killed us one game. Thankfully, he's not there anymore. Like Luke Kennard, they're depending a ton on him, and it's just like I, I, ugh, I there's a lot of I, Tony I, Snell. Yeah. Tony Snell, they're relying on him. Yeah. And it's like I, I know they got Andre Drummond and a Blake Griffin front court when it's going. Like it can be dangerous, but I just don't think they make the playoffs. Um, I, I just don't think they get it together. Yeah. So. Um, that's it for uh, the predictions. Um, I'm, I, I'm still proud of the one FIBA World Cup prediction I got. Where, well, not proud necessarily, but I did say France would beat the U.S. in the quarterfinals, and it's the only one I got right. Everything yeah. else was a complete disaster. You but, can't win them all, but hopefully you'll win the Vegas. I bets. mean, from a Magic player perspective, Fournier killed it. We already said that. Nigerian Aminu are qualified for the Olympics uh, because they were the best African nation ranked at the FIBA World Cup. So even though their coach didn't know how to use Aminu properly or that the, the team wasn't coached well yeah so that could go wrong for the olympics um canada has to go into the olympic summer qualifying tournament so hopefully kem birch is on that team and hopefully he actually has some nba help um he got Corey joseph late but that just did not work out uh, montenegro they only won one game they don't even make the qualifying tournament so vuj is going to get the summer off so that's something to ponder going forward um we can talk about how much Zach Lowe has kind of been supporting the Magic, while at the same time he's got the Heat finishing as the third seed in the East. So it's right. like I feel like you can't do both. Um, I, I I don't know. It's it's just weird seeing all these people kind of have so much faith in teams like the Pacers and the Nets and the Heat, and it's like the Magic are over here with all this young talent. People are like, oh yeah, we like Aaron Gordon, we like Jonathan Isaac, even though we didn't think they couldn't work together, but we like them now. Yeah. It's just like. Why can't they win 47, 49 games? Like, why, why can't that happen? So, I agree. Um, that's it. We appreciate you listening to another episode. Hopefully uh, this exports correctly and, and, <laughs> and nothing goes bad with the software. But uh, please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go Magic, take care, and just win. Season's greetings. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah.